Welcome to the Steady On Podcast, where God's hard truth meets your hard story. I don't need to tell you that life gets hard. Life gets hard, really hard. But God's faithfulness is still active and alive in our hard. And these episodes are dedicated to remembering and claiming the promises of a faithful God. I'm your host, Angie Bauman. I'm a pastor and Bible teacher, founder of Steady On Ministries, and creator of the Step-by-Step Bible Study Method. But more than that, I'm a trauma and abuse survivor who carried a heavy weight of shame and worthlessness for many years, and I still struggle, but I live in much more freedom now because I know God through His Word and speak truth to the lies of the enemy with His Word. And that's what we do here. On Mondays, we take it in by studying the promises of God, And on Wednesdays, we live it out with teaching and testimony on the promises of God. So thank you for tuning in, my friend. You are the reason for this show, and I'm so very, very glad you are here. Let's get started. Hey there, I'm so glad you're here for episode 144, Scared to Life. And my guest today is writer, world traveler, and adrenaline seeker, Ryan George. Before we hit record on this conversation, I told Ryan I was probably his 180, meaning the way I viewed adventure was about as opposite from his as life gets. While I wouldn't classify myself as risk adverse, I do generally need a pretty good reason to do anything that doesn't keep my feet on the ground. But Ryan loves living on the edge, and it is through adventure that he lives out our verse for this episode, Proverbs 25.2, which says, It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, to search out a matter, is the glory of kings. There's so much God wants to reveal to us about himself. And in big ways and small ways, he invites us to step out on faith and experience him like we never have before. The way Ryan does that is pretty remarkable. But I think as you listen to him talk about his adventures, what will come through most is his desire to say yes to the privilege of searching out a glorious God. Let's listen in. Hello, Steady On community, and welcome into this podcast episode. The Steady On podcast is a place where we take in and live out the promises of God. And I'm Angie Bauman, and with me today for this Live It Out episode is a man who maybe lives on the edge. Would that be good to say, Ryan? Ryan George, welcome to the Steady On community. Ah, it's good to be here. Yeah, I try to live there. I, I feel uh, comfortably uncomfortable on the edge comfortably uncomfortable. I like that. You know what? I think that is such a good description of really what our life with Jesus is all about, Mm -hmm. to be comfortably uncomfortable because there's such a mystery to it. He's always Mm -hmm. stretching us. He's always asking us to depend and trust on in him. And we cannot do that when we know we can do things ourselves, much as I hate Mm -hmm. to admit how often I try to do that. So I'm really excited about having this conversation uh, with you. I wonder if you'll just give us maybe an example or two about what um, what it means for you to have an adventure, <laughs> to live comfortably uncomfortable. What's that? What? How does that manifest in Ryan's life? Well, in small ways on a daily basis, it's hearing uh, prompts from the Holy Spirit and responding when it's not what I want to do, or it doesn't serve my ego or my you know, wallet or whatever. But in big ways, uh, so I'm a club I'm in the club of uh, people who've been to all seven continents. I've also been to both polar circles. I've surfed in the Arctic. I go out on the wings of airplanes while they're doing aerobatic maneuvers, um, hang out there while we do stalls and flips and rolls and all that kind of stuff. But I love climbing mountains. Uh, I love whitewater, kayaking and rafting. Um, I do a sport called canyoning, which is where you you repel waterfalls. 
Uh, I also climb frozen waterfalls. <laughs> uh, I like to drive really, really fast. I, I like to do all different things. I'm leaving right after this interview. It gets done. I'm jumping on my motorcycle and heading up into the mountains. We're doing a sport uh, where it's called adventure biking, where you camp off a motorcycle so you can get to very remote places without having to hike. Um, so yeah, I have a lot of friends who do interesting things. My pastors are wilderness guys. One flies experimental aircraft. One was a ice climber. And we've got a spiritual community around us that looks for adventure. And we have it, our church attracts all kinds of adventures. And so I get invited on stuff all the time. Hey, have you ever tried this? Nope. Let's go do that. <laughs> so a few weeks ago, one of my buddies watched uh, Top Gun Maverick for the first time. And he oh, just no. turned 58. And he's like, I want to go do something like that. And so he found a place where we could pull some incredible G's in an airplane. Like it was unreal. It's the fastest I've ever gone without a um a canopy on a plane like we were flying in the clouds and tumbling and they actually his uh flight got the they flew the plane backwards which is really hard to do in a stunt airplane but yeah so i just have a lot of friends who invite me on crazy things and i have a god who invites me on crazy things too mm, let's talk about that because i'm what does that do for you that i mean there's something about the adrenaline rush that's really like attractive to you or something that you really like? Have you always liked that? And wh why as a Christian, because I know this has a lot to do with your faith. So will you talk about what that does for you? Yeah. So there's a lot in that uh, to answer, but so I've not always been as crazy as I am now. <laughs> um, I am an Enneagram type seven and we tend to run from pain by escape. And so one of the ways I would escape was adventures. And um, one of the things that happens, for instance, when you're out on the wings of an airplane while it's doing 150 miles an hour towards the ground and you're not in the plane, you're outside the plane, is your world shrinks, your peripheral vision, not just physically, but you don't think about your bills, your next you know, tax installment. You don't think about the challenges in your relationships or anything like that. Your world simplifies. And so in some ways, when I'm in the middle of a whitewater rapid or I'm jumping off a mountain or whatever, um, I don't think about the hard things back home. So there, there's a, I wouldn't say carnal, but there's a physical reality the fact that i lose track of all the stress that i have back home i'm self-employed i work in a stressful job i forget all of that when i'm you know upside down somewhere <laughs> jumping off a building or whatever um but then the spiritual component of that is that i have learned again through coaching and discipleship mentorship that my relationship with jesus works the same way when i do something scary past my comfort zones with jesus there's reward on the other end just like i get the dopamine and epinephrine and adrenaline and all that stuff after an, a bungee jump or a skydive or whatever that i do i have the same thing after i do the hard thing for jesus when i'm up there baptizing somebody that i took a chance to represent jesus to you know like that euphoria can't be replaced and so what happens is in my daily life when i get a difficult assignment from god or something that makes me uncomfortable is i i focus on that reward the same way you go yeah this is going to be hard but it's going to be worth it there's going to be something at the end of this that is amazing and so it just becomes habit for me now adrenaline rushes there's the term adrenaline junkie is based somewhat in science in that your body craves more and more and more of it and so um it can be dangerous. If you get into one action sport and you want to keep getting that feeling, you kind of keep pushing the edge over and over and over again until sometimes, unfortunately, you find it, right? What I do is I just do a whole bunch of different things and I do them at an entry level. So I'm nowhere near the death defying, you know, I'm not jumping the Grand Canyon on a motorcycle or anything like that. But the same thing happens in my faith to go, oh, like I, this, this is gonna, this is gonna be worth it. And then it's habit forming. 
one of the things I pray over my friends and the people I disciple when they've got a big surrender or a big obedience to do is like, God, when, when you, when they do this thing for you and we're praying for them to have courage to do that, when they do that, would you reward them so that they go, this feels amazing. And I want to surrender again, because it's habit forming in our faith too. And over time, the more you say yes, the clearer and louder his voice gets. Oh, I love that. The more you say yes, the clearer and louder his voice gets. Yes. I love that. Tell me, I have just have a question here. You have a wife, you have children. Yes. How how do they feel about this? Do do, do they ask you not to, do they get nervous about some of the commitments you make or the things that you try? So my wife has a very short list of things I'm not allowed to do. She's like, (laughs) these things are not comfortable for me. And and I respect that because the things I am allowed to do are huge. You know, um, several years ago, I was trying to get life insurance and there's this list of 10 activities that life insurance adjusters think is just horrible. I have high cholesterol and I have a bunch of other things in my life that you would think would be more dangerous. And I had, at that time I had eight or nine out of the 10 and now I have all 10 of the 10. Um, and all of those are on crystal's okay list. So I'll, I'll take that. Uh, Our daughter came into our life as a teenager. So she came into a family where this is what dad does. Like she didn't really have a choice in the matter, but one of the things I do is I let her ask questions and I let her tell me, is this, does this make you nervous and why? And then we talk it through. And then more importantly than both of those is that I try to call out the adventure in them. Um, my daughter is, uh, courageous in ways that I'm not. My wife definitely is. My wife is bilingual. She's the missions director at our church. She grew up in South America. She'll walk into a brothel in Managua, Nicaragua, wrap her arm around a prostitute, sit down and pray over her and try to get her into a different career or, or to meet a physical need or a spiritual need or whatever. That would scare the bejeebers out of me to try. Right. And I, th- I think by celebrating where they're courageous, um, just go, yeah, Ryan's crazy in a different way. Dad's crazy in a different way. Yeah, I love that, that you can recognize that seeking adventure or uh, taking the risk, it does look different to us. Uh, you know, different people will respond to that different. And what's scary for one person may not be scary for another person, but it is really scary for some people. And saying, yes, mm-hmm. acts of obedience as we walk along with Jesus, you know, we can look at somebody else and say, I could never do that, but he might call us to that or he might not. Right. And, um, but it's not the things that we are the most comfortable with probably no matter who we are, that he's going to call us to. I got so stoked Wednesday night. So Wednesday night, I have this uh, book at our Bible study group that I go, and we've got, I don't know, 20, 30 guys that go to it. And we have this guy who's super, super introverted, like almost to a point of like a disorder, mm-hmm. um, just super introverted. And he spoke up in the midst that there were 22 guys at the table that night. And spoke truth to guys who were twice his age. And, and he had, he was speaking for Jesus about having compassion for people that the other guys just had a hard time having compassion for. And for the last two days, I've been telling myself, make sure you text Mike and let him know like that was so courageous. And I look up to you for that because I'm an extrovert. That wasn't hard for me. That's not an adventure for me, but that was definitely an you adventure can see for him. What is what yeah. a step of obedience that was for him? Yeah, yeah I appreciate even with a you. trembling mm-hmm. voice, that's courageous. Yes, absolutely. Yes, it is. Yeah, you can see. And those yeses when someone else does that, I've been in similar situations where you're like, that moves me to want to take the steps God's calling me to because I see mm-hmm. how you're responding to His call in your life, and that moves me to want and to it, do and that. It can too. look it can look even ways that we wouldn't think on the outside or adventures. So one of my sisters, I have four sisters. One of my sisters has three children, five and under, and she's homeschooling to me. Enough that, said, right. That's <laughs> as courageous as anything I've ever done. Yes. Like, I would never even attempt that. And to the outside world, like, well, she's just being a mom. Like, no, no, no. She's trying to shape lives 
in, in very constrained situations with children who are still developing. Like, I just can't, I started with a 15 year old that was like, I never had to change a diaper or anything. I can't imagine, you know, three kids running around trying to educate. So I, I see adventure encouraging other people in ways that maybe they don't. And I try to call that out in them because people will say to me, Oh, live vicariously through you. I'd love to live your life. And I'm like, yeah, but that's just how I'm wired. God's called you to something. And, and I want to bring that out in them. Like, don't live vicariously through me. Live vicariously through yourself. <laughs> hey, friend, I'm jumping in right here to let you know I'm currently accepting applications for the Steady On Internship Program. I will be bringing on new team members for the step-by-step Bible study, podcasting, newsletters, and the ministry co-op membership group. If you are a woman who desires to grow your expertise in speaking, writing, and ministry leading, a year-long internship with Steady On may be the next right step for you. During your internship, I will help you build skills to grow your ministry as you support me in mine. Details and a link to the internship application are in today's show notes. If you're even a tiny bit interested, I would absolutely love to talk to you more. And now, back to the show. One of the things that you also talk about is rest, which almost seems like the opposite of what we're talking about. But I know that embracing rest is also something that's important to you. What does that look like in your life in this sort of like busy adventure life? What's rest mm-hmm. like for you? So I, I try as much as possible to adhere to a weekly Sabbath. Uh, I try to get into nature. So my spiritual pathway of the seven different spiritual pathways, my primary one is nature. And so I talk to Jesus best and hear from him best when I'm outside. So I try to have at least one or two hikes a week. I live in the mountains, so it's, it's easy to do. I live eight minutes from trail system here. Um, and so I try to be in the mountains because it's not just physical rest for me. I mean, like my sister, like she's probably not going to get physical rest for another four or five years. Right. But there's a place where we can get spiritual rest and relational rest and we can come home and our shoulders relax and we can feel at peace to fall asleep. Um, one of my friends, I love how he describes it. He said, uh, three or four times a year, he's kind of wired like me. Um, he said, I need, I need to do something that scares me to put my life in perspective so that I make sure I'm on short accounts with every single person in my life. He said, so I scheduled, you know, three, four times a year, something where I could get hurt or die so that I have to make sure I have hard conversations with my daughter, my son, my wife, my different, my head employees and all this stuff so that I'm right with Jesus. I'm right with them. And then I can go do it. And so that freedom, people don't think of an adrenaline rush as a freedom but it, when you have everything right in your life and you've, you've made sure you're good to go, if that's your time, there is a piece to it. I remember the first time I went, went wing walking, uh, it's a class. You take it up. It's in Washington state. It's a beautiful woman of faith who teaches the class and we got done and it, it wasn't my turn yet, but I was interviewing one of the students that had just landed. She had just gotten back. She was a travel nurse. And I asked Aaron, I was like, what do you feel right now? And you would think she would be like, oh, I'm stoked. This is amazing. You know, and she, she looked up in the sky and you just watched her exhale and her shoulders relax. And she said, an incredible peace. Mm. And we tend to think peace is sitting next to a lake or a tranquil setting, but peace is also where warring just stopped, where something Amen. was just conquered and she had conquered her fear, right? She had surrendered and then she got rewarded for it because she's one of 1200 people in the history of the United States who've done what we got to do. And so, yeah, so I, for me, there's a peace in conquering my fears. There's a peace 
in getting close to Jesus, there's a peace and a rest in making sure my relationships are where they're supposed to be. I love that. What do you feel when you're up there or when you're (laughs) done with something? Is it peaceful for you as well? Or is there another word you would use to describe it? Oh man. Yeah. There's all kinds of words, exuberance, uh, transcendence, in the moment you're thinking, don't die, don't die, don't die. Right. It's like you're thinking, hold on or what, especially that the stuff that has a lot of G forces to it, you know, jumping out of an airplane or, um, I like to run and jump off mountains with a paraglider. Um, but then there's this, there's this euphoria that comes afterwards. The worst, there's times that when I get done with whatever, and after I get away from everybody else and I'm in my car and I put the worship music on, I just get emotional because mm. I'm like one, it, it's exclusive that we get we live in the only time, the only tiny slice of human history where this stuff was possible. And I was born in America where the conditions make it to where I'm likely to afford these things. And I was born when I could Google these things and find them on Instagram and be inspired. Right. And part of it's just that my dad in heaven is like, yeah, I wired you from the factory that way. And I wanted you to experience this It's how I feel about my daughter. The things that get her excited are not the same as for me. Um, but I love watching her being in love with what she's doing. And it, it, it brings joy to my heart to see her enjoying what I'm able to provide for her. You know? Right. I love that. I love that. I, there's someone listening. That's like, okay, this is not, this is not my, my page <laughs> at all. Right. And you've talked about different ways that we can embrace adventure, but I'm wondering just like, what are ways that you encourage? Like, it sounds like you do some mentoring or discipling to other people. What are ways that you encourage them to find or seek or embrace adventure in their faith walk. So this might sound counterintuitive. Um, I I would agree with you that 99 point, whatever percent of the people listening are not going to do what I do for fun. Um, It's probably the opposite of fun for them. Right. But a hundred percent of the people who are listening right now know something in the back of their head that the Holy spirit has been telling them to do. And it might be write a thank you card. It might be invite your neighbor who has a different politician sign over for dinner or make them cookies and drop it off. It might be, I'll give you an example of one. So I was swimming laps at the YMCA. This is several years ago. And in the middle, in the middle of the lane, in the middle of one of my laps, I got a prompting to pray for my buddy Mounts. Now I hadn't seen Mounts in a while. He and his wife transitioned to another church and it was really hard to keep up with him. So I didn't know what was going on with his life. And then I was prompted to pray a specific prayer, which is really weird. It's like, God, why would you tell me what to tell me right back to you? But anyway, I finished swimming the laps. I get in the locker room. I text Mounts and I said, hey, I don't know if this means anything to you. Uh, I was prompted to pray this at this a.m. And this is what I was prompted to pray. Does that ring a bell? And he's like, call me right now. Mm-hmm. So I pick up the phone. I call him and we both got goosebumps. He's like, how did you know? I was like, I didn't know. You know, one of my buddies came to Christ. And one of the moments that was so huge for him coming to Christ, he was at our local grocery store and he was short on he could pay with his personal card or he could pay with cat or his business card or he could pay with cash. And he didn't have enough cash to pay for it. And he didn't want the business to pay for it. He's like, nuts. And this stranger walked over from the front doors, laid the amount of change on the belt that he needed and said, Jesus told me to give you this and then walked away. Now, first of all, that's weird for my friend, but he's like, wow, Jesus is sovereign. But think about how weird it was for that guy. And we still don't know who that guy is to this day, who was halfway out of the grocery store and said, go take a dollar 47 and put it back on that belt. Right. That's an adventure as much as anything I've ever done. And if he didn't obey that, I don't know. I think my friend would have still found Jesus. I think that's what we know of scripture seeking will find, but that was a moving point for him. 
And what's interesting is that guy who left the grocery store does not know that now this guy loves Jesus, is up there baptizing other people, took in a foster child. Is certain like his life is incredible right now. All that guy knows is I was supposed to put a dollar forty seven. It was the weirdest thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so what I would tell anybody listening is it doesn't have to be physically courageous. You don't have to go jump off a bridge to prove anything. Um, it's do the next thing. And what you, this is what I found in physical adventures and spiritual adventures, our assignments get a little bit bigger and scarier each time, but we don't get the big ones until we do the small ones and the medium ones and all the ones in between. So just say yes to whatever that is in the back of your head. And in case you're wondering, well, how can I trust that voice? If that voice is telling you to do something that's going to make you more comfortable, it's going to build your ego, it's going to build your kingdom, it's going to bring you more money, it's going to make you feel better about yourself. That may not be the whisper of the Holy spirit. But if it's saying, give up some of your dignity, give up some of your time, give up some of your resources, be friends with an uncool person, you know, give up an opportunity for something smaller. That's probably the Holy spirit. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I love that. I love that so much. I hear you saying, how willing are we to take a risk? I think a lot of times if the Holy spirit prompted us to give, to lay a dollar 47 on the you know, conveyor belt or the belt, you know, at the grocery store or whatever. I think our response to that was, well, that's going to make me look stupid. Right. Yeah. What, that's, and I don't yeah. want to offend that guy. Right. Exactly. I don't and, want what you need to, to be rejected about, or look stupid. Yeah. What you need to know about my friend is um, he can bench press like 400 pounds. This is a massive oh dude. Like he's just, he is ripped. <laughs> so you're walking up to this huge human being and being just like, Hey dude, I think you need I this. I think you need a dollar 47. <laughs> no. Right. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. And are we willing to take the risk to say, I don't understand this, but I'm going to lay this right here and walk away. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love that though. I remember one time I was with him. I was in a Panera with my friend. We were having dinner and the Holy spirit prompted me to, there was a a man in uniform, like in military uniform. And I felt so ridiculous. I still kind of feel ridiculous about it, but I'm glad like what you're saying. I'm glad I did it, but I just walked, I'm like, I've never done this before, but I would like to pay for your meal. And, um, and he just looked at me and he just had this expression on his face. Like no one's ever done that before. And I'm like, I'm not hitting on you. Like he was so much younger than me. Like, I'm not, this is not about anything. Like I just couldn't. And I walked away probably, you know, somewhat like that. And I just was, I was kind of embarrassed and I was like sweaty, you know, I'm like, I don't, but I couldn't not do it because the impression of doing it was so strong on my heart. And I knew that was the Holy spirit. And I do not know if it was for, I would do that again now and not feel so like you said, like, cause it gets, we learn, right. We learn. And I would do that now and not feel so insecure about it. I have no idea how, or if that impacted that person, but I do what that came to mind as you were telling but that how, story. How cool to be if someday you get up to heaven and like your work walking to whatever your job is up there. And you're like, Oh my goodness. That's the dude. That's the dude right from there. Panera. He lives one street over from me here. <laughs> that so be encouraged and i think and stay alert right because sometimes those opportunities are right in front of us and um and because we're in a hurry that's my that happens to me a lot because we're in a hurry uh, we haven't allowed enough margin in our own life or we just simply won't take the risk we miss uh, so much of the blessing and the growing that the lord has for us for sure yeah and and delay is is disobedience in a lot of cases the story i like to tell so Several years ago, I don't know, eight years ago, seven years ago, I got really into whitewater kayaking and I had a buddy who was mentoring me and teaching me the ropes and taking me and tell me when to get on the river and when not to. And I was going through a transition in my business, reshaping what it is I do for my clients. And so I was, I was really busy. And at the beginning, I was saying yes to him all the time. I'd move my schedule around 
and and then over time as i got more and more busy with this new kind of work i'd say i'm sorry johnny i can't go today i'm sorry johnny i can't go today and eventually johnny stopped asking not because we aren't friends anymore and not because he's not interested in kayaking or not interesting in me in me but he's going to spend his time and his invitations on people who are going to say yes Ugh, yeah and i think jesus does the same thing i'm not going to speak for him right but I know in my life when I've said no, 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 eventually he just doesn't give me another assignment until I say yes. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. We've kind of talked about that and covered that. You kind of, you know what I'm asking you to do and just until you adjust your life so that you can be obedient, we're not going to move from this place again. Like That's not it. because, yeah, not because he's like hateful or something, but just like you're not ready to move to anything else because you're not kind mm. of doing where the thing that we we've talked about, you know, and yeah, for sure. How, how old were you when this started? Have you always been like this kind of looking for this kind of adventure and interesting, not like this in a bad way. I didn't like how I said that, but you know what I mean? No, like, have good. you always, have you always sought it or. Uh, to a smaller scale, you know, okay. one of the things that happened is once you get married and uh, get settled in your career, have some disposable income and have Google, you know, none of those things were resources that I had as a kid. Right. Sure, so sure, sure. Yeah. I jumped off the ramps with my BMX bike. I would mm -hmm. go sit on the roof every once in a while. Um, but it wasn't like what it is now. Gotcha. Uh, it started, uh, so my siblings and I were all homeschool graduates. The beauty of being homeschooled is you can go where you want for your senior trip. And so my brother, who's significantly younger than me, um, I got in a good spot in my career right at the time he got to finish high school. And I said, hey, mom and dad, can I take him to New Zealand? And we're just going to go do a bunch of stuff. So we jumped off a building and a bridge and some other stuff down there. And I was hooked. He came home, went in the military, went in a different direction. But that, I was hooked at that point. And the, at that same, the same year that we did that first trip was when I went to a new church where I had all these adventurous pastors okay. and uh, six months, about six months after my first bungee jump, I got baptized. So I think there's some correlation. I don't know if it's causation, but I was looking for something bigger in my life, another challenge, another something. And um, an adventurous Jesus and an adventurous world opened themselves up to me at the same time. I love that. Is there something that you haven't done yet that you really want to? Oh yeah, for sure. Give me an <laughs> example, something you'd like to do that you haven't yet. I mean, top of the list, I want to go to space. So, I mean, that's really, I'm hoping by the time, so I'm 44 and I'm hoping by the time I'm 64, I can, I can cash in something and, and take a ride. You know, the, the what scientists say, so in the eighties, they coined a term called the overview effect, which is that when, um, regardless of faith, when you get up there, uh, when you look at the world as a whole, without walls, without lines, without country borders, it doesn't look like a globe with the thick black lines and the pastel patches of different nations that you have, you feel more connected to your humanity and less connected to your country, which I, I love. But the others, you you sense that there's something bigger than us, right? And so it leads a lot of people to worship or it leads them when they come back to earth to investigate their faith. And then uh, a term coined about five, six years ago is called the ultra view effect about uh, people who spend time in the International Space Station where they get on a regular basis, get to look at the earth and put it in perspective are very much moved spiritually. And so I know if adrenaline rush has already put me in a good spot with Jesus, that would be like amazing. The ultimate. That sounds <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. But short awesome. of that, one of my goals is, so I've jumped out of planes different ways, but I've never run off the open tailgate of, a, of an airplane like you see the military do. I just, I want to do that run and just jump. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's hard to do outside of military. You got to be really good skydiver or formation diver. I'm, I'm nowhere near that, but yeah, that those two things, I, the, the problem with, uh, traveling the world, and it's a good problem to have is you keep meeting other adventurers and they're like, well, if you like this, 
you, you might like that. this yeah and they're right and yes. you're like dude this is fantastic and then you try another and just um you keep making friends and you mm-hmm. follow those friendships around the world i love that in this season of your life and how you're exploring your faith this way through adventure and through adrenaline and um and taking risks both physically and just in your in your not just in your walk with the lord is there a verse a passage something that you hold on to that's really dear to you that means a lot to you yeah, so it's actually a combination of two verses, one Good. from the Old Testament and one from the New Testament. So in Proverbs 25, 2, it says, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it's the honor of kings to reveal it or to find it. Uh, some translations will call it scientists, but most translations call it like a king or something like that. And in the New Testament, Jesus said, those who seek me will find me. Mm. And so um, there is a, it's almost like a scavenger hunt for me when I go to different places around the world to look for Jesus where he's hidden himself. So he loves hiding, but he promises to show when we seek. So it's this weird tension, right? And we are not going to find him everywhere unless we're looking for him everywhere. So I can say to somebody, hey, I'm going hiking today, or I can say, I'm going looking for Jesus while I'm hiking today. And those are two different things. I just got back from the Faroe Islands, just incredible place on earth. I've never seen anywhere on the planet like it. And I had two indelible moments with Jesus. I was like, this is why I paid the $1,600 to fly over here. Cause I needed to meet you right, right here, here in this three foot by three foot spot. Cause I would not have met you that way anywhere else on the planet. Yeah. And so I think the expectancy. So what that verse tells me is you will find as much of Jesus as you want to find, but you have to want to find it. And so it makes me want to search. It makes me want to chase it makes me want to go around the planet. And the more places I see around the world, the more people I meet, the more types of adventures I have, the more I realize, oh, we're just touching the very tip top of what we can experience of Jesus. Now, you can be that curious and that um, receptive and that searching, never leaving the planet or never leaving your country, never leaving your state, never leaving your city. Like you can be very curious about the people at your YMCA or the people in your church. You can. I've, I've had moments where I've felt Jesus in a bookstore or a garage or whatever. Um, but it's living that way, both on vacation and at home where I'm expecting to see Jesus every day. I love that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, before I let you go, this has been just phenomenal. You've taught me a lot. You've made me think about my own life and the risks that I take and do not take. Um, but I'm wondering, I love to share resources with the listeners. Is there anything right now that you're listening to, reading, studying, watching, uh, that's feeding you right now that's growing you uh, closer in your walk with the lord so two things one secular and one sacred um so the secular one was the movie 13 lives i watched that with my wife okay about the rescue of the soccer team from the philippines okay directed by ron howard um there's a whole bunch of intentional choices by the filmmaker to make you feel things not just know things but at the end of that movie it made me really want to do do the hard things rather than being known for doing the hard things, right? There's a, in adventure, there's, you can do things for two reasons. You can do things performatively so that people will see it, or you can do it just to enjoy it. And my counselor, my pastor and others have challenged me, Hey, Ryan, don't take video or pictures on this trip. Go do it just for you, just for you and God. Don't, you know, I have a thing. So I'm scared. I, all these things I do, I'm still scared. People are kind of surprised by that. But I, I get what's called digital courage. When I turn that GoPro or that camera on, now I am as courageous. It's just like when someone gets uh, liquid courage when they drink alcohol. You like you get this courage, right? 
So you can do things performatively, but the people who rescued those souls didn't care if there was a camera there or not. We're actually pushing media away. No, don't look at me. I'm not the hero. And I, those guys inspired me so much. Uh, on, the, on the sacred space, I've been reading a series of books by Sky Jatani called What If Jesus Was Serious? They're all good. Uh, we went through one of them with my Bible study group, but I'm reading his most current one, which is fantastic. It's called What If Jesus Was Serious About the Church? And what I love about resources, particularly Sky's, is that he challenges you to examine your motives and examine your long-held opinions about whether or not they're actually biblical. And it's not like he's a heretic or a subversive or, you know, trying to tear anything down. He's a pastor himself. He's like, I think we make assumptions in our churches and in our faith that aren't actually there. Like I've read books like uh, Misreading Scripture Through Western Eyes, which is another great resource where it goes, maybe the perspective that I bring to things isn't the Jesus perspective. It's my Western perspective or my American perspective or my male perspective. I try every year for as much as half of the nonfiction books I read to be written by people of different gender, color, and faith than me. So that I'm confronted to go, oh, maybe I, maybe I don't have it as settled as I think I do. And it's not to create doubt, but it's to create introspection and change. Um, one, of the, one of the things Jesus said, fear not, or an angel or a messenger of God throughout the scriptures, we're told 300 sometimes. Um, but he had to say that because in those moments, fear was a legitimate reaction option, right? right? Yeah. And, and the Bible says the just shall live by faith. Well, you can't live by faith if you don't have a little fear or a little doubt or both, <laughs> you have to doubt that your harness is going to hold when that shoot opens or it's not an adventure, right? You have to doubt a little bit. You have to fear a little or a lot. In my case, I look off. I jumped off a building one time. I was a thousand feet up, right? You just go, Ooh. <laughs> this is gonna be a ride yeah. you know but it wouldn't be exhilarating if i was in the elevator yeah right yeah. so now if it's your first time in an elevator maybe it would but so for me i i love to read authors who go hey this is the narrative we've been telling ourselves for years but i i can't find it in there mm-hmm. <laughs> yes yeah when we look in there do we see it exactly yeah yeah I, this has been so wonderful. I really appreciate your time. You have been so encouraging to me today. I really, you have a maturity about mm-hmm. your walk with the Lord that I'm just going to be very frank that I wasn't expecting. I, I just, okay. there, there, I <laughs> not, I, I, and so forgive me for that preconceived, um, this, this guy that likes all this adventure and attention, probably no, not, you know, and, um, and I don't find that in you at all. I find a very solid, a very obedient, a very loving heart towards the Lord that has encouraged me. And I know the listeners today to say, mm-hmm. where is God calling you to something that would be very adventurous and a little bit scary, but so rewarding and ultimately bring you peace and a deeper trust in him. That's what, mm-hmm. that's the message that I have picked up from what you've shared with us today. And so thank you so much for for being here and for serving us with that today. Oh yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Ryan can be found at Explorience. I love that Explorience.org. And his book is called Scared to Life, Tales of a Good God Who Reveals His Heart When Ours is Racing and where to find that and where to find and follow Ryan and all those things are going to be in today's show notes. And again, one more time, just thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you. It was a blast. And thank you friend for listening until next time. Peace. What are you doing to search out God? Where is he inviting you into new territory? It is a promise of God that for everything we do recognize about his goodness and glory, there is so much more to discover. We see that promise in Proverbs 25 too. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, 
to search out a matter is the glory of kings. And if you haven't yet, I encourage you to listen to the Take It In episode this week, where I focus on the word conceal. A huge thank you to Ryan for serving us with his live it out story. You have inspired me, Ryan, to sit up and take notice of the places in my life where I might be choosing to play it safe rather than search out the glory of God. Next week, my podcasting mentor, Alana Dawson, will be our Live It Out guest on the show. Alana will be here to share how she walked away from the call of God on her life until a health crisis opened her eyes to his protection and provision. Being with Alana is like walking in a cool, gentle rain. I always leave refreshed and hopeful, and I know you will too. If you haven't yet, I'd be so grateful if you would follow the podcast on whatever directory you're using to listen. It only takes a second and it guarantees you'll see new episodes as soon as they drop. Thank you so much for listening. I pray wherever your day takes you, you are walking in the confident knowledge that you are a beloved, cherished child of God. Peace.